on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, Aggie Basketball has been brought to you by Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The Logo Shop, we logo stuff. Also by Icon, empowering a more active, balanced lifestyle. Welcome to Aggie Postgame. Here's Scott Gerard. Raleigh Wooster running the point. Two-time Mountain Montana High School Player of the Year gets it to Kata. Down low, Kata throws down the two-handed dunk. Bearstow pulls up to the dribble, hands over to Anthony. Anthony to Anderson. Anderson, right wing to Wooster. Wooster cross back, back to Bearstow. Bearstow for three. Yes, sir. Sean Bearstow bearing the three. Aggies up by seven, their largest lead of the game. Huge win tonight for Utah State. A blowout win for the Aggies. Final in this one, 83-48. to 48. That's three consecutive blowout victories for the Aggies to start the Mountain West Conference season. Two against San Jose State, tonight against Air Force. And remember, these two teams will get back at it on January 2nd. So, tell you what, this was uh, dominating pretty much in every way, shape, or form tonight. And you really can't talk about this game without really going right to the turnovers. Uh, Utah State forcing tonight grand total of 26 turnovers. And the Aggies were able to generate 45 points off those 26 turnovers. That was just remarkable. And one of those, just a tremendous performance by the Aggies, able to getting that done and getting an impressive, impressive victory to uh, get to 6-3 and three on the season. Remember, Aggies started out 1-3 and three and then uh, have now reeled off uh, five in a row with wins against College of Idaho, Northern Colorado, two wins against San Jose State, and now against the Air Force Academy. Uh, going down the scoring for Utah State in this game, Brock Miller with 14 points, 11 of those coming here in the second half. Four of nine from the three and uh, five of ten from the field. He had two assists also with uh, one rebound. Namiyash Keita with 10 points on the night and only needed to play 23 minutes, which is another key element for him. So 10 points, uh, five rebounds, uh, three of those rebounds coming on the offensive side and five assists. Uh, Raleigh Wooster tonight, one of four from the field, four points. Two for two from the free throw line. Aggies only shot six free throws tonight. It's amazing. Uh, Add five rebounds and dished out three assists. Justin Bean with 15 points. Another double-figure night for him. Six of ten from the field with uh, four rebounds and five assists. Marco Anthony, who's going to join us coming up here on our postgame show, he was perfect from the field. Five for five, two for two from three, uh, and also ended up with six assists and uh, a couple of rebounds as well. Sean Bearstow ends up with nine points. So close to getting into double figures for Sean, but he also ends up with four rebounds and one assist. Steven Ashworth got a good run tonight. He played 19 minutes, got into double figures, 10 points and two assists. Alfonso Anderson with three points. Uh, Max Shulga ended up with two points in the night and Trevin Dorius with four. Shimon Zapala, Carson Statsky, Zahar Vadishev, as well as Kuba Kervoski, all able to get some moments out there on the court as well. Take a break. Come back. Uh, We'll continue on on your postgame show. Utah State dominating win, 83-48 on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. 
Ashworth to Anderson. Swing it right wing to Bean. Bean for three. Yes! How about that? Justin Bean, who started the season 0 for 9 from beyond the three-point line, buries the baseline three. His first made three of the season. Aggies lead by double digits, 21 to 9. Brock Miller, long three. Off the back of the iron, no good. Justin Bean pulls down the offensive rebound. His up and under layup is up and good. So for the second time tonight, Justin Bean turns an offensive rebound into a layup. Aggies up 23 to 11. Big night tonight for Utah State. Final in this one, 83 to 48. Aggies uh, only allow 20 points in the second half. Outscoring Air Force 39 to 20 in the second frame. And uh, remember, Air Force, this game was, uh, you know, Air Force really started out the game really well, made their first first four field goals. And it looked like it's going to be one of those nights where like, oh, oh boy, here you go. Uh, Air Force has got it rolling offensively. Utah State really played well. And that's one thing that's been key in these five straight wins for Utah State is their defense. Uh, defense has just been tremendous. This is not an easy team to prepare for. And when you look across the board, not only – did Utah State uh, force 26 turnovers, uh, but 11 of those were steals. You know, you got Brock Miller with two steals, Kata with two steals, uh, Raleigh Wooster, or excuse me, uh, that's uh, Justin Bean with three steals. Uh, a lot of deflections, a lot of opportunities for Utah State to get out and run. In fact, Utah State with 11 fast break points. Uh, they had 16 second chance points. Air Force only with two. Again, we talked about the points off of turnovers. Utah State, 45 points off Air Force turnovers. Air Force with only five points off of Utah State turnovers. I mean, the Aggies turned it over nine times. Air Force is only able to, I mean, so that's a points off turnovers. I mean, that's your ball game right there. Uh, and that's why I actually think this could be a much, much closer game. If you're thinking this is going to happen again coming up on Saturday, this is one of those nights where it just really got away from Air Force. They, they got so many uh, deflections, uh, so many uh, steals, just the right place, right time, knowing where to cut off uh, passing lanes. It was just one of those nights where everything went Utah State. That wasn't anything Air Force handed to them. Uh, but with that said, Air Force is going to get that buttoned up. We're going to see a much different game, a much better game, I would imagine, uh, from this academy coming up on Saturday. Remember, two games here at Air Force, so one game's in the books and then another game coming up on Saturday. As for Air Force, looking down the list, and again, they continue to go really, really heavy uh, with some of their starters. McClintock played 32 minutes. He ended up with five points. Chris Joyce ended up with six points in 27 minutes. A.J. Walker with 31 uh, minutes. And uh, he only had on the night tonight uh, seven points. Or excuse me, four points. Nick Jackson, uh, the only player for the academy in double figures. He had 11 in 23 minutes, and he really dealt with some foul trouble. Uh, Keaton Van Solen was responsible for seven out of the 26 turnovers for the academy. Played 28 minutes and uh, really struggled in this game, only had six points. And this is a guy for Air Force that had done really, really well for a good majority of the season. You look at uh, some of these guys' averages, Keaton Van Solen averages nine points a game. Um, You look at uh, Chris Joyce tonight, who averages about 14 points a game, and uh, he was held to just six points. A.J. Walker, who averages 13 points a game, only had four points tonight. And uh, Jackson, who hasn't been a big role player or hasn't been a big uh, part of this team 
who only averages about five points a game. He was the only player in double figures tonight for the academy. Uh, Utah State overall shooting 55% um, overall from the field and uh, shot 40% from three. All right, joining us now, um, perfect from the field tonight. That that never hurts. Marco Anthony, kind enough to join us. How are you, man? Doing great, you know. Uh, It was a great win for us. Um, Very good team. Very good offensive team. And, um, yeah, I'm just really happy we got this win. How hard is this team to prepare for? Um, It's really crazy because just all the movement they have on offense, the whole Princeton action, that's really – you can't – you try to prepare for it, but you can't really – get prepared for it but um thank god that we executed tonight well the big storyline in the game is turnovers and i know you've been playing this game a long time um and i, I i've seen a lot of games i can't remember 45 points off of turnovers mm. you guys forced 26 turnovers turn those into 45 <laughs> points yeah and that's that's a that's a ridiculous number yeah for sure um yeah our biggest thing was just to stay solid stay yeah. sound stay sound on defense and you know, when you do those things, the ball finds its way back to you. So, Three balls really starting to fall for you, too. Mm-hmm. You, you got to like that. Yeah. Um, I started going back to my – I kind of got away from what I did in high school, which was wake up early mornings and get on the gun and shoot. But um, I just started that up again. And oh, really? really? Picked up my confidence more. and Because, you know, you don't shoot the three – Teams are going to start defending you that way. They're just going to start sagging off on you. So you just got to stay prepared and just stay ready. What is it like when you've got a guy that in, and, and he's second on the team in assists mm. in Demiash Kata, and he's drawn the double team mm. and he passes the ball so well? Yeah. What does that mean to a team when you have a guy like that? That just shows how connected we are. Yeah. And, you know, Nimi could be trying to force for himself and, um, you know, everybody knows how talented Nimi is, and he could just try to look out for himself and stuff like that, but he chooses to put the team first, and that spreads around all the guys. And so um, if he's not just looking for himself and he's looking for everybody, then everybody else is really feeding off of that and looking for others too. You uh, also a big night on the assist line for you. Uh, you had uh, six assists on the game tonight, and it just seemed like, you know, you look at your made bu- buckets to assist ratio, you assisted on – 21 out of your 34 made buckets as a team tonight. And it just seemed the ball movement. Coach said in the pregame, the ball can't stick. Nobody can stand around. And, boy, you guys were moving the ball really well. Yeah, I mean, their matchup zone, um, if you stay stagnant with it and you stay with just the ball in your hand or you're just over dribbling, that's what they want you to do. But if you keep it moving, um, keep making the right play, then no defense can stop that. How hard is it to, or maybe it isn't hard, I don't know, but when you prepare for a team, sometimes you prepare for a team and then you don't see them again for another month or two. Mm. You're going to see them in 48 hours. Is that yeah. is that advantageous to you, or or what's that like for for your preparation? I mean, we know how this goes. Like, you win a, uh, you win a game by, um, I don't know how much we won by tonight, and then a lot. teams start to, like, they'll just think, oh, we beat them yeah. by this much. Yeah. We don't got to prepare or anything, but if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, so... Uh, we feel good. Because that seemed to be the case for San Jose State. I mean, yeah. you guys didn't seem like you let up at all against the uh, Spartans. Yeah. Maybe that helps you in this game coming mm-hmm. up on Saturday. Yeah, it's real easy to do that. But um, Coach Smith helps us stay prepared as well as um, all the other coaches and the players as well. We all keep each other 
uh, at bay. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about more important things. Are you able to get home at all for, for Christmas? Um, no, I actually decided to stay stay up here just with all the COVID stuff going yeah. around. So I just thought it was best for me and my family, for me to just stay in Logan. Did you try to get away from the game for a day or two, or did you try to get you, still get shots up? What was that like? I actually tried to get shots up on Christmas Eve and Christmas, yeah. but they locked the spec down on me. Oh, really? So I was kind of forced to take they, those We're going to make sure you take some time off. Yeah, so, I mean, but it was good. I had a good Christmas. Um, I, I got to ask, because I've heard this, but I, I want to explain. So if you're doing your four for four at mm -hmm. Wendy's, like what, what's your go-to? Well, you know you have the fries, you have the drink. Yeah. You know, but the main, you just got to get. Are you going the burger or are you going the chicken sandwich or what are you going it's really just a fill thing for me yeah it's really just how i'm feeling try to mix it up a little bit yeah yeah it's really how i'm feeling uh best best sauce for the nuggets sweet and sour sweet and sour no, no question bar not barbecue yeah i'm not barbecue at mcdonald's but the sweet and sour at wendy's is special okay and 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 the 44 came from the four for four right yes <laughs> i love it man yes. uh, that's the last time i'll, I'll bring it up <laughs> it's all good <laughs> All right. Hey, you're the best, man. Congratulations. Huge win tonight. Keep it rolling and look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Appreciate you. That's the man, Marco Anthony. Huge night tonight. Utah State gets it done. 83-48 to 48 is the final as the Aggies cruise to another big W. Take a break. Come back. We'll continue on. Hear from Craig Smith straight ahead on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. With a baseline drive to Kata with a two-handed stuffer. Yes, sir. Namiya Kata. Wrecking the rim here at Clune Arena. Beautiful pass from Ashworth. Aggies up by 15, 30 to 15. Justin Bean to Dorius. Back to Brock. Brock over to Anthony. Back to Dorius. Dorius attacks the rim, lays it up and in. That is spectacular ball movement by Utah State, leading to a Dorius bucket. Aggies lead by 16, 39, 23. Welcome on back. Aggies get the blowout victory tonight. Three consecutive blowouts to start the Mountain West Conference season. And uh, one more here at Air Force. Uh, this has been a difficult place for Utah State over the last couple of years. Remember, uh, two years ago, Utah State had a lead at halftime, and Air Force came back to win in the second half. Then, uh, And then a year ago, Utah State, actually it was three years ago, and then last year, Utah State had a big first half lead. Air Force cut it to three and uh, and then uh, and then had a big uh, victory there in the second half where they outscored Utah State by 22. So this place has been unkind to the Aggies uh, more often than not. And tonight, Utah State was going to have none of it with an 83-48 victory. Let's talk a little bit about defense. Utah State holds Air Force to 38% shooting in the second half, 47% from the game. Air Force 5 of 19 for three. Uh, and uh, and held Air Force to 26% from the three-point line. Air Force did get to the free-throw line 14 times. They were 9 of 14, and uh, from the free-throw line, they were 64%. Utah State, only uh, only six free-throw attempts on the night. They were 3 of 6, um, 1 for 4 in the second half. Overall, Utah State, 34 of 65, 52% from the field, and 40% from three. Uh, as you mentioned, or as we've talked about, the turnovers, and I can't, like, I, I just don't know if you see numbers like this very often where you see a team get 45 points off of turnovers. It's just a remarkable number tonight for the Aggies, able to generate or able to uh, force 26 turnovers. Aggies' biggest run was 15-0. Their largest lead was 37, 
en route to uh, this victory tonight, 83-48, or 83-48, and uh, just dominating in every way, shape, or form. And we'll talk to Craig Smith here in a bit, but the one thing I thought was really impressive is he talked about in the pregame about making sure you run your offensive sets, making sure you don't stand around, making sure that the ball is always moving, it's not sticking, and, um, you know, you, just, you can't ask for a much better performance than what Utah State was able to put together. It was really impressive to watch and to see how Utah State was able to really put this game away and put it away in a big, big way. And only nine turnovers, too. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Look uh, down the list. Uh, Trevin Dorius turned it over a couple times. But other than that, Brock Miller had one. Wooster had one. Bearstow with one. Um, you know, and so it was, it was probably about as clean of a game as you can expect to have from this team. Um, the other thing, too, that really jumps out at you when you look at the uh, the stat sheet is that Air Force at one point in the first half took Utah State's 19-point lead, cut it down to 10, went on a 9-0 run. And at that point, you're a little nervous that you're thinking, okay, this, this might get away from you a little bit. And it felt a little bit like the game last year when things really started to start, when shots really started to uh, fall for Air Force. In fact, they made four consecutive buckets midway, about the eight-minute mark of the first half. Lee gets down to 10, and Air Force had a couple of opportunities to cut that into single digits. They never could. Utah State pushes it back to 19. Air Force gets a three from Van Solen to cut it to 16, going at the break. But other than that, there just wasn't a moment tonight where it felt like Air Force was going to come back and make a run. After that moment, it was just lights out, and Utah State cruises to the victory. So set the scene coming up uh, next. Utah State will be back here on Saturday. And then we'll head back to Logan and then turn around and play a uh, Wednesday-Friday games in New Mexico. Well, I should say against New Mexico, but the games will be played in Lubbock, Texas. At, I believe, Lubbock Christian College. Uh, Tiny gymnasium. Uh, Because of COVID restrictions in New Mexico, the Lobos unable to play in the pit. So they, they're moving some games around. They play, they'll play some games in Phoenix. Um, Lubbock, apparently just about a four-hour drive from Albuquerque. So that is where these next two games will be played for Utah State after the game against Saturday. And then, fortunately for Utah State, they'll have two consecutive weeks where they will be at home and uh, enjoy a little home cooking as uh, they'll take on um, San Diego State and others. All right, take a final or take another break. Come back and hope to hear from Craig Smith. Coming up next, you're listening to Aggie Basketball, Utah State blowout victory tonight, 83-48. And you heard it all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. It's intended for Octave, stolen away by Utah State. Swings it to Miller. Miller launches another three. And Brock Miller, it's Miller time here at Clune Arena. He buries the three. Aggies up by 29, 59-30. All right, final score tonight, Utah State 83-48. Craig Smith joining us for the uh, postgame conversation. Coach, you, uh, you mentioned a couple things in the pregame. Can't stand around. Ball needs to move offensively. And boy, was it moving around tonight. Man, what a complete game that our guys played. I thought we had an unbelievable mindset coming in. Like I told you, uh, our practices were really good. It's just it's hard to prepare for these guys, man. Like, it's just tough. And um, you saw early they got three back cut layups just because we're just trying to figure out their pace. But we were really unselfish all night long, really shared the ball, got it moving in a great way. I mean, 24 assists, the nine turnovers. And think about, I mean, Marco Anthony, I thought was outstanding yeah. all night. We were just 
that first half when he was on the floor, we were really good. Then he had those two fouls. They kind of made a little mini run when he was out. We put him back in with two. That's always a tough decision, but we immediately shot it back up. Yeah. And so, uh, but we, you know, you get him with six assists, zero turnovers. So I think he had one because of the charge. And then Kata and Bean both have five assists. I mean, just playing for each other, playing so unselfish. Um, I was proud, man. That was a that was a great game. And they their matchup. Like, they get teams standing around, and we just really, between down screens and flares and whether you're flashing the high post or working the baseline, but just playing connected for one another, just making great reads. You know, early in the game, uh, first play of the game, we run a play that we stole from the Jazz. We've run it for three years, and we get a dunk. Well, we weren't expecting a dunk, but it was a good it was a good one. Then at the end of the half, we run it again, yeah. and they overcompensate Takeda, and Ashworth makes a great read to Raleigh in the right corner. Now, we missed the shot, but those are kind of the things that we're starting to figure out is not just be so programmatic where it's this, 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 and this, and you got to be able to be a player without the ball. So it's exciting. We're growing. We're a growing team. We're gaining experience. We're gaining continuity. And um, uh, uh, and it's it's fun. Like, you can see yeah. that we're playing connected on both sides of the ball. You know, I, 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 and I don't know, maybe this is because I'm always uh, I'm always the uh, worry ward, but it kind of felt like when. Join the crowd. I know. It kind of felt like last year's game where you had the big lead and they trimmed it all the way down to three and then had the big second half. And I, you kind of felt that worry when they cut that lead down to ten. And I had a couple opportunities cut it to single digits. You're like, oh, man. Uh, but then you, boom, you push it back out to 19. I know they get the three before the end of the second half to cut it to 16. And then the second half, the onslaught in the first five minutes of the second half was just incredible. Well, our guys didn't forget about last year, and I didn't bring it up to them. I thought about it because yeah. I felt the same way a little bit there where I thought a couple calls didn't go our way, and we just didn't take a, you know, Stephen misses, and I'm not, we, we he missed a wide-open three, wide-open little 15 footer yeah. that he's normally going to make and but that's basketball right so uh, we just had a really good look in, a, in the locker room I thought we played a lot of guys in that first half so we, we looked fresh we looked like we had continuity and then to start that second half I mean five, the first five minutes were huge and we start out that half by getting it was either seven out of eight or eight out of nine stops and then we flipped the script on the other side and get 11 scores in the first yeah in our first 12 possessions and the guys executed our stuff well we run we ran a couple things we haven't ever run since we've been at utah state and miller hits a three to start it off in that first possession he could have had i wanted to say a layup it would have been a i wanted to say a dunk but it probably would have been a layup (laughs) but kata could have easily hit him in the in a little short corner but brock you know ran out to the corner which you anticipate happening and instead he sticks a three and he's been playing at a high level i'm so proud of him He's doing so many things for us right now. Um, obviously, his shooting numbers are really good right now. But he's doing so like, – he's defending like crazy. He is – his voice – he is utilizing his voice in such a major way for us right now. And he's just playing with grit, determination, and vigor. And it shows. Like, that dude is defending hard yeah. and well and making winning play after winning play. And, um, and then – he he's playing super he's just making the the right passes and the right decisions and so proud of how he's come a long way and i just love how he's playing you don't see this number very often but 
45 points off of turnovers. There's a 40-point differential. They scored five points off of your nine turnovers. You scored 45 off of their 26 turnovers. I didn't know that. I knew, you know, what did they have? How many turnovers they had at halftime? It was a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't like remember what 13, it was. 14. Yeah. And, and that was a big emphasis for us. It was just we, we are a big team. We are a long team, and we're athletic. And we got to utilize that with our length and our size and just be really active on the ball because there's such a precision offensive team with their timing and their cuts. And so you got to be able to bother the ball. You got to be active on the ball. Those handlers got to feel you. And so when your positioning is correct, I saw this long, t- I heard this. Uh, um, uh, Gus Bradley is a good friend of mine. He was at North Dakota State when I was there, and he's the D coordinator of the of the uh, San Diego Chargers right now, and he was the head coach of the Jaguars for a while. And But one thing they say in football, when your positioning is right defensively, there's very rarely do you give up a big play in football, right? Like it's a, And it's the same in basketball. If you're on point with your positioning, a lot of times teams will just throw it to you. Like sometimes people think you got to just be all out there pressure and denying. It's like if you have active hands, you can get good ball pressure. Yeah. Like those, and, and I thought that happened. I thought we were really active with our positioning, and it led out to some good transition opportunities for us, and we made teams pay. We've become a lot better finishing team around the basket, and that's been a major focus of ours. The BYU game, we missed 22 shots at the rim. And you just – it's hard to beat good teams when you do that, but at least we're getting to the rim, and now we're making teams pay when we get to the rim. I thought – and and I – I had a chance to talk to Marco. I thought he was just great tonight. And and when he, you know, there's he really knows how to pick and choose his moments. Get to the rim, finish at the rim. He can do that. But tonight, I mean, he's got six, seven assists out there and really just making the offense go. I mean, he's just a, a really smart player. Are you kidding me? I mean, he has 12 points on five shots yeah. and six assists. And, and he was guarding the other team's best yeah. player. Yeah. And that dude, he – I told him after practice, uh, I texted him after practice on t- on uh, Tuesday because he was 20-minute segments I've ever seen in my life. And it was um, it was a full-court segment for 10 minutes, and it was a half-court working on our offense segment for 10 minutes. And he was doing what he was doing tonight, maybe even at a higher level. And I, I was blown away yeah. because he was just making quick decisions and um, not sticky with the ball and setting guys up. And, I mean, he was doing that over and over tonight again. And they they play off him a little. Marco's a good shooter. Like, yeah. I know it's not, like, you know, Ray Allen-ish, like, in terms of – but he – he that guy is in the gym nonstop. Um, and for I, I thought him and Raleigh really did a good job on their top two – um, scoring guards and made life very, very difficult. Well, and, and for Raleigh, sometimes, and you've probably seen this, when sometimes the shot isn't falling for a guy, sometimes it affects other yeah. aspects of the game. If anything, it seems like he's playing better in those to, to compensate for the fact that maybe the shot's not going for him right now. He, that, that guy, all he cares about is winning. Yeah. He don't give a rip about it. I mean, obviously, he wants to make shots. Yeah. Uh, and he will. Raleigh's a good shooter. He's But he's in a bit of a funk right now shooting it. Like, But it's an adjustment, man. Like, this is a... It's big boy basketball, yeah. so it's not. High. It's like his dad texted me on Christmas when he said Merry Christmas, and I said I hope you enjoy some time with Raleigh. And he goes, "This isn't high school basketball anymore." And but he's a confident kid. He's a competitive kid. He doesn't let that affect any other pieces of his game. And so, uh, you know, when he came out 
uh, and, you know, I thought we were going to put him and Bean back in, but it just, you know, we just kept playing so well. And he's smiling. He's had, he don't give a – he just wants to represent Aggie basketball the right way and get dubs. When you're playing a team like this, is it advantageous to play him two games in a row? Or does it – Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a great question and very good insight. Um, you know, um, last year, if I remember, I think it was last year, obviously we got, you know, the beat down here. And if I'm not mistaken, we played them like three or four games later. Yeah. It wasn't long of a turnaround, so all that stuff is fresh in their head as to how to do that. So it's certainly advantageous in knowing how they run their stuff, and now we have a good feel, and we're fortunate tonight to get a lot of – to really even out our minutes and get a lot of guys a feel for what they do yeah. and how they do it. And um, so with the prep, we'll, we'll – you know, the guy, we'll have dinner, obviously – obviously tonight and get them up in the morning and do our normal routine and come up here and shoot and go through all their stuff again and that's where it's a little bit dicey like we talked about with san jose is because you know this will be tomorrow will be day five on air force and day six will be on saturday yeah so these guys get a little bit nauseated oh i bet you know with over and over but you know we got to watch the tape where do we think they're going to try to attack us and exploit us at a different level? How can we do some things better? Um, but I do think it does help because now we truly have a feel for their pace. What is it like to play in this arena? Because we all know it's different uh, at every venue. It is different with no fans. I mean, there was a oh, few yeah. fans, but it it's not your typical you go to Clune Arena and we can hear everything they're saying. They can hear everything we're saying. Uh, so it is a little bit different, but I love the energy that we created. I thought our bench was fantastic. Oh, she, you hear a guy like Shimon Zapala, who didn't get in until like the five-and-a-half-minute mark, and he constantly is praising Nimi and praising um, Trevin, and Brock makes it three. And good, good shot, Brock, good shot. And, and that, like, that fires you up, man, as a coach to yeah. see that excitement. And um, for a freshman, he could be whining like, "Oh, we're we're up 30. I need to get my time." Like he, that guy's all in, and um, uh, such really exciting. Well, it may not be quite like New Year's Eve in Vegas last year, but uh, Colorado Springs. Hey, you're probably in bed by 10:30 anyway. Right? Well, here's the deal. Like, so that trip. You, you know how it is as a coach. Like you see, on so how great is that? You know, you're just like, oh, my what goodness, what is – and and we played like, you know, yeah, yeah. it showed like we we're – I mean, I don't I don't think there was any thing going on, but it looked, the way we played it looked like we were out till 5 in the morning or whatever. But, you know, the, the, this county's on a – I was a little bit concerned. And you're about, I was concerned because I have ultimate respect for the cadets. We all know – the days that those guys go through oh, yeah. and the discipline and the toughness that they have. And Joe Scott is a really good coach. And I have so much respect for them. Uh, but then on top, it's a 2 o'clock game. Uh, we always practice at this time, so I wasn't worried about that. But it's a 25-minute drive to the arena. Obviously, 25 to get back. It's a 7-minute walk, roughly, from the bus to here. So we didn't come here and shoot today because we would have had, had to leave the hotel at 7. Yeah. So you're getting the guys up at 6:30, and we chose a little more sleep. But even our hotel is on like a like we can't go into the meeting rooms. We can't, you know, it is we can't yeah. we can't even eat as a team because the county like all the restaurants are closed. So it's just so. 
routine, and I love our routine. We do things. Yeah. I think it really sets us up for success. So I was interested to see how we were going to come out and maybe we need to do it this routine a little bit more <laughs> often. We found a now new that, routine. Now that I think about it. So I think the key to the win, though, Scotty, was your travel oh, yesterday. The, the, uh, the flying halfway here, yeah. turning back, yep. sitting in the airport for how long yesterday? About three hours. Only three hours? Yeah. Um, I saw your flight pattern that you tweeted. That you like was, that little U-turn? <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. And uh, flying into Denver and then driving and, here and arriving at about 5 a.m. Yeah, about 5.30. And uh, I tell you what, though, I was – because we were waiting for the uh, them to get – because we had to get new pilots for the plane. And they're like, if we don't have new pilots, we're not leaving until 10 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm thinking – I called my wife. I'm like, road trip. We may be driving to Colorado Springs tonight, but fortunately we didn't have to go that route. But, but boy, it was, uh, it was a long night. I'm looking forward to trains and automobiles, oh, life on the road. Yeah. So we've all been there and those, done that. But Those aren't pillows. <laughs> but uh, exciting win. Got to come yeah. back tomorrow, and, or not tomorrow, in two days, and, and do it again. Appreciate it, Coach. Congratulations. Right, thanks. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, Yep, happy new year, everybody. Well, let's turn the page on 2020. Amen. Go uh, Aggies. There you go. That is Craig Smith, head coach at Utah State. Convincing victory tonight, 83-48. Big thanks to everybody who helped us out on the broadcast tonight. Eric and uh, Jake Hatch back in studio. Great work, as always. And uh, we'll be back with you. Remember, game on Saturday, 4 o'clock start, 3.30 pregame. It's the Aggies and the Falcons 2.0. It's all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.